0: Always preach about Jesus. Get in your Bible. Literally get inside of it. 1 Samuel chapter 23. We talked about this last week. We have been in a Brad Nelson. We've been in Brad Nelson. How are you, Brad Nelson? Good to see you. Ooh. You all tan? Dang. (laughs) What a weirdo. (laughs) Brad, it's great to see you, man. I didn't think you were coming back. I think Brad was sailing the ocean. Right here. On a raft. One of the blow up rafts. Sailboat. Same thing. (laughs) Wilson! (laughs) That's the first thing I think of. (laughs) Awesome. So, we've been talking about knowing everything that God has for us, right? And living a life that is full and complete in him, right? We, we, if God has given us everything we can want, all these gifts, all these visions, all these dreams, why would we not want all of it, right? I mean, he has given you all you need to live a life that is full and complete in him, right? It doesn't mean you're not going to struggle and go through temptations and fall for sure. We all will. But God wants to give us a life that is full and complete, but we have to know what we have in him and we have to seek after that, right? We have to pursue him. It's not about us fulfilling it. It's about him fulfilling it, but it's about us pursuing him. Amen. So last week we talked about, we read in 1 Samuel, we talked about David and how David went to the hiding places. We talked about how the hiding places was him really running to God because he would find God in his hiding place. And he would admit his weaknesses and he would allow God to be strong in him. So Saul was chasing after David to kill him. And he not, he didn't run away from Saul. He didn't, he didn't go after Saul to try and kill him. But he ran to the hiding places, right? He ran to the father. And the whole message was about running to God, right? That we would chase the promiser and not the promise, right? When we, when we feel a calling on our life or we, Get words and the Lord speaks something to us, right, of who we're going to be or our destiny, right? We're not called to chase after that destiny. We're called to chase after Jesus, right, to grow in relationship with him, and he's the one who provides the way and leads us to that destiny. Amen? All right, so I want to take up just a piece. We read through this last week. We read a lot last week. I'm going to read just a small passage this time. And we're going to focus more, again, last week was on our pursuit of God. And this week I want to talk about our pursuit of one another. Right, Us pursuing relationship with each other. That God ordained it this way, that we would first have relationship with him, but that we would also have relationship with one another, that we would empower each other, we would strengthen one another, we would build each other up, and then we would go out. Not go out together, but we would go out to the world. So, 1 Samuel 23, verse 15. One day near Horesh, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph, to search for him and to kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be king of Israel And I will be next to you, as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord, or their covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home, while David stayed at Horus. So we're going to break this down. We're going to focus on this scripture, all the bits and pieces inside of it. But we're going to pray first. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are alive in us. God, that you want to dwell inside of us, inside your people, God, that we can have relationship with you, not just in heaven with you, but here on earth. And God, that you have a destiny and a plan for us. And God, we want to fulfill that because God, we want to be more like you and we want to be with you. So Father, I ask that you would speak to our hearts tonight. You would challenge us, encourage us, and strengthen us in you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we have this story Of David and Jonathan. So again, last week we were focusing on our pursuit of God. And we're going to switch gears a little bit. That first we are called to pursue God. We're called to relationship with him. Right? We're called to know him and allow him to dwell inside of us. Right? The Bible says the moment we come to knowledge of him. The moment we put our faith and our trust inside of him and we repent of our sins and we call him Lord of our life, he dwells inside of us. It says the full spirit of God is in you instantly. You don't work towards it and you get more of it and more of it. It's all inside of you. It's all living inside of you. So we have the fullness of God right here inside of us. And so if we want everything that God has for us, well, we have to pursue God. Right. We got to get we have to get to know him and know what his word says about us so we can be more like him. Well, the second part of that and the way God orchestrated it and has designed it is that we would have relationship with one another, that we would encourage each other. Right. That the God living inside of David would encourage the God living inside of me. This David, not David in the Bible, this David. Right. That the God inside of me would encourage. Adam. Right, That we would encourage one another because we each have the Spirit of God living inside of us, as speaking to us, as dwelling in us, as encouraging us, as challenging us in new things, and that we are called to do the same with one another. That we share our heart with each other. That we have true and intimate and real relationships with one another. God wants us to have real relationships. That's why he created the body of Christ. That we would have real relationships together. That we wouldn't just hang out by ourselves, right, that we wouldn't all just become monks and go worship God by ourselves and do nothing else, right? He has called us to have relationship with each other, to encourage each other, and then to go out into the world and lead people to Jesus. We all have a calling to lead people to Jesus, right? That's not just for the evangelists, right? The Bible says that we're all called to go and to make disciples, Right, But we need to be built up in who we are in Christ first. And that comes through our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. So we're we looking at this story with David and Jonathan. They both were great friends. Right, It said they had already made a couple covenants with each other of their friendship. That they swore to love each other and care for each other. Right, They were best friends and they both loved the Lord. They both had an individual relationship with God. But they both also encouraged each other. Built each other up. So we see this story, and Jonathan is coming after David. So Jonathan knows that his dad is about to kill him, right? He's Saul's son. Jonathan is Saul's son. And Saul is trying to kill David. But Jonathan goes after David, pursues after him to go and to help him out and to give him courage and encouragement, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight a couple, I, I think I got like five or six different points in here that I want us to look at. And this is what I want us to look at in our relationships with each other. That first, the first thing that that, that uh, Jonathan did was he sought after David. He went after him. He pursued him. Now, we learn that David was an awesome man of God. Right? David had a ton of faith. Right? He had so much faith that he went after this giant of a man with a pebble. And knew that God could kill him through that tiny little pebble. So we had the faith and he just went up and he did it. Because he was courageous and he had a strong relationship with God. He was a shepherd, right? He took care of his sheep and he learned in that that God was his protector. Because he helped provide when, when the bears and, and lions came after him. He killed them. He always knew that God was his protector, his provider. He had a strong relationship with him. He was a worshiper. Loved the Lord and said, that he sought after God's own heart, right? He'd hear his voice really clearly. But yet, David, in the midst of that, no matter how great his relationship with God was, he still needed Jonathan. He still needed Jonathan to come after him and to comfort him, to strengthen him, to build him up. Even though he had a relationship with God, he still needed his relationship with Jonathan. So the first thing Jonathan did was go after David. David didn't send a sign for Jonathan to come after him. He didn't send like an SOS signal up in the sky, right He didn't tweet and text him and say, "Hey, I'm struggling, I need some help." right I, Obviously, we know culturally there was none of that, and so it was hard for him to even go after him. It's not like he just got in his car and drove over right It was a long walk or a long run or a long camel ride, whatever he took to get there. But he pursued after David because he knew David needed something. He knew David in some way was struggling and hurting because a man was after him to kill him. The king was after him to kill him. So first he does is he seeks after him. He pursues him. He saw a potential need. He didn't wait For a need to be brought to him, he went out and he saw a potential need and went and helped. And in our lives, we're called to this same thing. We are called to pursue one another in relationship. We're not called just to wait for somebody to pursue us. We're called to go and to pursue people, to have relationships, to have close-knit friends that can build us up, that can give us strength, that we can share our hearts to, but we have to pursue that. Right. We have to go after people. In order to share our hearts with them. Right. We can't just wait all the time for them to come to us. We have to be pursuers. And this is part of our relationships and our growth. If we don't pursue each other, we're not going to grow in relationship. Right. If we don't pursue depths of relationship. Right. That means not just. Hey, how's it going? Like high fives, but actually sharing like the depths of our heart with each other. Jonathan and David had this close relationship that they shared everything with, right? We need this in our lives that we pursue after people to have a real relationship. You feel me? You know, and I think we tend when we're struggling When we're going through a hard time, we have a tendency to walk away from relationship. We have a tendency to part ourselves from church, part ourselves from other believers because we're struggling, because we don't want to admit we're struggling, because we want to figure it out on ourselves, right? We want to get better on our own and then tell somebody. But we're just slowly pulling ourselves away from relationship. And I know you've seen this happen. I know I've seen this happen. I know I've done this where we start to separate or we see people separating themselves from us or from the church. And man, that's the time that we need people the most. That's the time somebody needs you the most is when they're pulling away and you don't see them around and you see that they're struggling or you see seeing that they're going back to their old habits, right? Their old life before Christ, right? You've seen something great in them and now you're seeing them kind of go back and the fire kind of burn out. Man, we are called in our relationships to pursue each other and to see that need. To see a person and not say, dude, you haven't been at church in a while. Are you struggling? That's like the worst thing you can say. I've heard so many people do this. Don't do that. Don't be stupid. Okay, that's stupid. All right, but we can pursue each other and see how one another's doing, see the heart, see, man, what's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. How you been? Rather than, you must be falling into sin. I bet you are, and tell all your friends that they're struggling. People do that. That's that's for sure. That sucks. But, man, we are called to pursue each other, to go after that person, go after one another, right? If we're struggling, that's when we need it the most. When we're grieving, that's when we need people the most. Right When we're going through a tough time, that's when we need somebody to pursue after us. And David was going through a hard time. He's about to get killed. And a whole army and a king is coming after him to take his life. That's when he needs a friend. And Jonathan goes after him. He sees that need. He doesn't wait for David to call for him. He goes after him. To strengthen him. To build him up. We need that kind of relationship in our life. We need people that are pursuing us. And we need to be going after people. Pursuing them. Galatians. Chapter 6. Now this is Paul talking. And Paul says this. He says. Dear brothers and sisters. If another believer is overcome by sin. You who are godly. Should gently. Look at this. Repeat after me. Gently. And humbly help that person back into the right path. When you come at them and you say you're sinning, you need to stop. That's not gentle. That's not humble. Right? But if we see a brother struggling, we see a sister struggling, man, we need to go after them. Pursue them to see their life, to see what's going on. And to speak love over them. To gently and humbly go after them. So the first thing Jonathan does is he seeks after David. Second thing that he does is he encourages David and the Lord. Let's see. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. He encouraged him. Now, this word encourage means a ton of different things. It's not just one word. It's not just to build up. It's not just to strengthen. It has many different meanings behind that. And I believe this is on purpose because he does more than just one thing to David. Now we see this small little conversation that they have. But I don't think it just took three seconds and they parted. He gave him everything that he needed in that moment. So we're going to look up a couple different definitions of this word encourage in the Hebrew. First of all, it means to give strength. We, as a body, need to give strength to one another. When we come together, when we hang out together, man, we should be strengthening one another. That we give each other courage. We give each other strength. We're building one another up. We're speaking life over one another. We're calling things out in one another. Right? What he did was he gave him strength. Jonathan went to David to give him strength because he needed strength in that time. He was struggling in some way. Maybe struggling with fear, I would assume struggling with doubt that he was gonna become king, right? He was struggling with insecurity. He had all these struggles and then Jonathan comes after him and he gives him strength. So to strengthen, also to seize, I like this one, to seize, to take hold of, to grab. Sometimes we have to go after one another and grab them and say, what are you doing? Maybe a little less dramatic, but sometimes we just need to go after each other And seize them and say, dude, what's going on? I know what you're called to be. I know what you're called to do. But you're living a life that's not towards your calling. What's going on? And we need to go after each other and seize them. And say, come on, man. Let's go. Let's go together. I'm going to do this with you. Sometimes we need to just seize them. It also means to cure or heal or repair. David probably had a broken heart. His father-in-law, Saul, wanted to kill him. I threw spears at him. Man, I would be sad if my father-in-law wanted to kill me. He did want to beat me up once in high school, but that's a different story. That was before Christ, my BC days. But, but well, man. He probably had a broken heart. He probably was struggling with some fear and some doubt and some insecurity, and he needed somebody to cure him or to heal him, to encourage him, right, to to be there for him. We need that in our lives, that we need people that are going to see a need, see if we're depressed, see if we're sad, see if we're struggling mentally or emotionally, right? And just sometimes, man, we just need a hug. Just go up and embrace somebody, guys with guys, girls with girls. It's a whole nother message. Another one is to fortify. I like this one. To fortify. Right? When he went there, he fortified him. He was there with him. How many of you have way more confidence when you're with somebody else? How many of you have more confidence with you when you're with somebody else that's outgoing? Right? You have a lot more confidence. You have a lot more strength with you. You got somebody there. How many of you have a lot more confidence when you have a big buff dude walking around with you all the time? I'm talking about you, Billy. Man, I have confidence when I'm around Billy because he's big and buff. Right? We have more confidence... When we're fortified, when people are with us, when we know that somebody has our back, when we know that somebody is there to give us strength when we need it, when we know that somebody is going to come after us if we're going back and we're struggling again. Right? When we have confidence in that, it fortifies us, it strengthens us. So that's what he did going there, just being with him, fortified him. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other out, help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer I like that. Three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken, right? We are fortified when we have our brothers and our sisters in Christ, when we are encouraging each other in our faith, Right, And I'm talking specifically about our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a whole nother message about us going out in the world and leading people to Jesus. And that is all definitely part of it. But we need our brothers and sisters in Christ that are coming together with us, that believe in us, that are going after the same hope and the same faith, right, that is going to come beside you and encourage you in the Lord and fortify you in the Lord. We all need this in our lives. We need to pursue tight relationships with each other guys with the guys girls with the girls <laughs> to restrain another thing is to restrain sometimes we need to hold each other back right david was a warrior david had a whole army with him david had killed goliath david could kill saul easily he had an opportunity to Right? And we learned or we talked about last week about how he had already, David had already had a calling on his life to become king. So he could have made that calling happen by killing Saul. Sometimes we need to restrain each other, hold each other back. That's encouraging each other is when we hold each other back. Don't do something stupid. Don't let friends kill friends. (laughs) Don't let friends kill friends. Right? We restrain each other in certain situations. Right? When we know that that person is full of anger and full of frustration, right? Sometimes we just need to go and hold them back. Encourage them. Love on them. Tell a little joke. Make them smile. There's a rubber band on my microphone. It's coming up. Right? Sometimes it takes a restraint. Jonathan may have needed to restrain David in that. Say, look, this is not the way that you're called to live. This is not the way that you're called to come into the kingdom by taking it on your own. right? Sometimes we just need to hold each other back. And then the last one is to confirm. We need to confirm our relationship with each other, confirm our love to each other, and confirm what God is and is doing in each other's lives. right? We need to see that and confirm that over each other and believe it and speak it over one another. We need to hear that. We need people confirming who God is inside of us. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you hopefully are already doing. No, hopefully. Jonathan, number three, Jonathan reminded David of his calling. I love this. He says, don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel, and I will be next to you, as my father My father Saul is well aware. He reminds him of his calling. He knows what the Lord spoke over his life. He knows what he's called to be, who he's called to be, and he reminds him of it. He calls out the potential inside of David. He sees the fullness. He sees that potential that God has called him to, and he calls it out of him. He reminds him. He says, David, you were called to be king. You are called to live a life full in God. You were called to trust in him. You were called to have faith in him, right? He reminds him of that calling over his life. We need to remind each other of our callings. Look, you are called to something greater. You have a full and a complete destiny over your life. You do not have a minute and small calling. God didn't plan something little for you, right? We need to tell each other that. And when we see each other just kind of pulling away from that calling or not living up to our fullest, we need to encourage each other and challenge each other. Look, God has called you to greater things. I've seen the way that you pray over people. I've seen the way you prophesy over people. I've seen the way you light up a room when you come in just by smiling. I see what God can do through you. Yeah, just like that, Maggie. That was a good smile. I saw it. Right? We need to call those things out of each other. That's how we're going to lead this city or make a difference in this city, right? Start leading people to Jesus is when we believe in one another and we start calling things out of each other. We start pulling potential out of each other. It's not just the pastor's job to pull potential out of people. It's all of us. And if it wasn't for Frank Curry pulling potential out of me, seeing something inside of me that I never saw in myself, I would never be at the place that I am. Obviously, I know it's the Lord's calling over my life, and he would eventually do that. But, but he used Frank to pull that potential out of me. And we need to do the same thing in other people to see something in them, to see that light, to see that joy, to see that fire, and to start to encourage it, start building it up. Start feeding that and start calling out things in one another and strengthen each other in that. And that's what Jonathan does. He reminds him of his calling. He's pulling that back out of him. He's pulling that potential. We need each other to remind each other of our calling, to build one another up, to strengthen each other in the Lord. Right? Ephesians 4, 1. Paul's saying this. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. He's begging him. I beg you to live a life that is full in Christ, to fulfill that calling that he's given you because you have been called, right? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you have been called and have a calling on your life. You have a great calling on your life That is full and complete in him, right? It's this amazing destiny that you can't even imagine on your own. And it's for you, right? And so Paul's pulling this out of them. He's trying to encourage them in that. And then he says this. He says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul is constantly reminding them of what they have in him, of what they have in God. right? And he's pulling it, and he's cultivating it, and he's encouraging them. Look, this is your calling. This is what you're called to. We need to do that with one another. So I think we're on the fourth. The fourth thing that Jonathan does is he humbles himself and he puts David first. Now we know Jonathan was the son of Saul. right? Saul was king. So in that time, legally, he would have become king after that. He was in line. It was his inheritance. He would have been king. But Jonathan knew that God anointed David to become king. He knew that was his calling in his life. And Jonathan could have fought it. He could have struggled with it. He could have been upset of of David's successes, that David was called a king and that he wasn't. But he humbled himself before David. And he encouraged him in what he was called to be. He encouraged him and wanted to see him succeed. He never tried to take the kingdom. He never tried to manipulate the plan of God. He always loved David, believed in David, and called out the best in him. And, man, we are called to the same thing, that we are called to live a life towards one another that we are building each other up to see one another succeed. When you're discipling somebody, when you're pouring your life into somebody, you should want to see them over-succeed beyond you, right, to succeed past you, to go above and beyond what you can do. Not to stifle them, not to hold them back, not to let them only get to a certain height. And we want to be a platform for other people to stand on. But we need to live a life of humility in allowing other people to succeed. And rejoicing when other people succeed. And calling them to succeed beyond us. It's an easy thing to do to be jealous, to be envious, and to try and stifle other people. Seems harsh, but we all do it. I know we do. But we should want to see the best out of one another. Want to see each other succeed because it's for the kingdom. It's not for you. It's for God. It's to see him glorified, not you glorified. And Jonathan understood this. He knew it was God's plan, and so he humbled himself. And continually humbled himself. Even though he could have made a big deal about him not being the one to be king. He humbled himself. Before David and put David first Philippians 2 3 don't be selfish Don't try to impress others But be humble and thinking of others as better than yourselves not as equal to yourself, but as better Right that we see the best in one another and we see them as better not that we have this self-condemnation that we hate ourselves Right, But that we want to see somebody else succeed and we want to empower them and be a platform for them. If we see each other in that way, if we see each other in the eyes of humility and we want to pull out the best in one another, we will succeed together in making a difference in this city because we are empowering each other. We're not holding each other back. And that's what Jonathan saw. He wanted to empower David. He submitted himself to David. We need to submit ourselves to each other and we need to rejoice when other people succeed. We need to rejoice when other people rejoice and humble ourselves before each other. And then Jonathan renewed his covenant with David. This is the third time they did this. He renewed his, his friendship with him, his love towards him, right? He reminded him of their friendship. He told them that he believed in him, that he, he reminded him of his calling and he reiterated, look, I'm still with you. I'm still your friend. I'm still for you. I haven't gone behind your back, even though my dad's trying to kill you. I'm not on his side. I still love you. I still care for you. Right? He reiterated his love for him. We need to do this in our relationship, especially guys. It's hard for us to say things like I love you to each other. Right? And to build each other up. Right? And to, to actually connect heart to heart, intimate with each other, right? We need to go after that in our relationships, pursue depth in our relationships, share our hearts with each other and unite ourselves to one another. We need to continually remind each other that we got each other's back, remind each other that we love one another, right? We had this leaders meeting a long time ago. Mariah was there where we started at like midnight and we committed our love to each other. For like eight hours throughout the night, through the whole middle of the night. It was crazy. It was long. But it was super awesome and impactful because we took the time to look at each other. There's like, what, like eight of us, eight to ten of us. And each person, we saw something in them and we spoke life over them. And we spoke this love over each other and said, look, I'm still committed to love you and care for you. We've gone through some things. We've had some struggles, but I'm still committing myself to be there for you, to believe in you, to call out the best in you, to pray for you, right? And it was some of the most powerful time I've I've had with people. And we still have those relationships today because we committed ourselves to one another. And that's what they're doing in that covenant and that promise to each other is they're recommitting themselves to care for each other, to love one another, to be there for each other. Romans 12, Nine, says don't just pretend to love others really love them hate what is wrong hold tightly to what is good love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other look i believe we have a lot of friendships and a lot of most of us have a lot of friends and a lot of people we hang out with but i'm talking about the depths of relationship where we have somebody we can share our struggles with we have somebody who's seeking after us and wants to see us succeed. I'm talking outside of friends in the world, right? It's totally different in that relationship. In those relationships, we should continue to pursue people of the world, make disciples, believe in them, call things out of them, right? But we need our brothers and sisters in the Lord to strengthen us, to edify us, to build each other up to motivate us to keep going. When we come here on Thursdays, when we hang out together, we should empower each other so that we're ready to go out into the city and make a difference, right? We're ready to go back to our school or back to our work where there's less, less saved people, right, to make actually make a difference, right? We fortify ourselves here and then we go out and we make a difference and we come back and we build each other up and we encourage each other and then we go back. And we make a difference, and we make an impact, and we struggle sometimes, and we fall sometimes, and we come back to those relationships and those friendships. That's the kind of depth of relationship that we need. And as a body, we are called to be unified. We are called to be together, but we have to actually share our heart with one another. We need those kind of relationships that we can build one another up and pursue after each other and renew And recommit ourselves to each other. So the last thing. And then I'm going to wrap this up. That Jonathan did. And I think it's probably a pretty important one. One of the most important. There goes my rubber band. Is Jonathan left David. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home. While David stayed. He left him. Right, He went there. He empowered him. He strengthened him. He built him up. He gave him a big hug. He recommitted his love to him. He called out his calling over his life. He did everything that he needed. Empowered him. Strengthened him. And then he left. And he pointed him to Jesus. He pointed him to the Father. It says he renewed his strength in the Lord. When we are connecting together when we're encouraging one another we need to point each other to jesus that's the greatest thing we can do is point each other to jesus right we do the best that we can to provide wisdom and courage and strength to cry with each other to be there for each other but then we end up leaving and we point them to jesus we point them to relationship with the father right that that is what he called him to do and he left him to do. And after that, that's when he sought out the father and the father provided for David. Jonathan wasn't with him the whole time, fighting the battle with him. He went there to encourage him, empower him, and send him off and to go back. And see, that's what we do in our lives. We're not always gonna have each other with us in every situation. But when we are together, we need to empower each other so that we can go through those tough situations. Right. So that we can go back to our school and not be corrupted and not go back to the way we used to live, but that we can be empowered. We can be strengthened. Right. We always are going to need to go back out on our own. And that's why I think it's important that it says that Jonathan left him. Because it wasn't that he was leaving him alone. He pointed him to Jesus. He gave him everything that he could give him. And he said, "Okay, this is between you and the father. You need to run to the father. And that's what we need to do with each other. We surround each other with one another. We build each other up, but then we go out and we go into our city. We make an impact. We make a difference. We live a life that is full of him, but we have to keep coming back and have to keep getting connected and reconnected with one another in the same way we have to get reconnected with God and our relationship with him. We need each other. Man, it's so crucial that we have real relationships, And we don't just come here to hang out on Thursdays, but that we have a real relationship with each other. We see when somebody's struggling. We see when somebody's going through something. We go after them. We pursue them. We encourage them. We give them strength. Right? We recommit or or remind them of their calling in their life. We have to sometimes kick them in the butt and say, let's get going. Quit living a complacent life. Right? We need each other that can call things out in one another. That we're not just acquaintances, but that we have these deep relationships and that we impact each other so we can impact somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? We need one another. We're not called to live this life. On our own, we're called to live a life full of Christ Jesus. And we need each other to do that. That's why God didn't stop with Adam. He gave him Eve. He said it's not good for him to be alone. And that's why he calls it the body of Christ when all of us are together because we complete the body when we're together. We're each a piece of the body, and it's important that we come together, that we share life with one another. We build each other up, and then we send each other, and we continue to connect with one another in our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you are in our lives. God, that you are motivating our hearts, and Father, that you have brought all these relationships together. God, I pray for a deepening of relationships tonight. God, that we would go to a new level with friendships. God, that we would know each other better. That we would seek after and pursue each other. God, we would remind each other of who we are in you. And God, you would do something great in this city through our unity, through us coming together and building each other up. Father, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.